0: It happens year after year. A breakout star comes out of nowhere and has an outstanding season. You could say it was a Rondé Gadsden last season. You could say it was Garrett Schrader two years ago taking the spot at starting quarterback from Tommy DeVito. There are a myriad of names you can throw into the mix here. Today, we find a few. Some diamonds in the rough. Not even that, but guys poised to make a huge jump in the 2023 football season. Plus, I've got some gripes with SU basketball's Monroe Madness. I'm going to air it all out on your Locked On Syracuse Friday episode. Take us to the weekend with some fun. Let's get the ball rolling. You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, what's happening? Welcome to your Locked On Syracuse Friday episode. I'm Owen Valentine saying thank you so much for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen today. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Friday. Taking things into the weekend with some fun. I took to Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Ask some people for some topics. What did you want to hit on before we head into the weekend? Uh, I was open for whatever. We got some, some general ones. Basketball, football, basketball, definitely football. Uh, we had some people talking about the bats in Austin, Texas. Don't get me started on that. It was the biggest waste of my time I have possibly ever experienced. And we got some people getting into some questions that I think have to get hit on. We'll hit on football to start. We'll hit on basketball a little bit later in the episode. We will hit all things Syracuse heading into the weekend. Syracuse sports are back, by the way. I believe women's soccer had a scrimmage. Uh, So things are back. Syracuse men's soccer is a week away uh, from defending their national title. Syracuse football is going to be 15 days away from kicking off their fresh campaign. It's back, right? As much as you don't want to hear it, as much as I don't want to talk about it, right? Back to school is around the corner. Fall is almost here. And the fall sports seasons are very much ready to get underway. So let's talk about Syracuse football and breakout players that I think could really, really jump off the page in 2023. Shout out to Rob Boris at rboris9 on Twitter or X or whatever the hell we're supposed to call it these days. Who are the players going to have a breakout year in football this year? I have three. And I will say two of them, uh, I, I did a little bit of research. I had these two in mind that I was curious if anyone else had written about this or talked about this. I will throw my hand up and apologize. Two of them seem like they are the, the consensus picks for, for guys ready to have a huge jump heading into this season. So I was going to do two. I'll throw the third one in there just to add a little bit more uh, individuality, a little bit more of the Locked On Syracuse touch to this. The first guy. Uh, if you have been listening for, we are almost at the exact one-year anniversary of me joining Lockdown Syracuse. This has been the guy for me that jumped off the page the first time I saw a highlight of his. He's a guy that played last season, courtesy of some injuries. A guy that was always on the two deep. A guy that's in the mix, and this season is a guy that I think is crucial to Syracuse's defensive success, and also a guy that I think is ready to make the jump uh, and is the beneficiary of some good quality reps that he was able to see, uh, unfortunately, because of some injury last season. I watched him this time last year, preseason camp, come down with a one-handed corner of the end zone interception if you don't know now, we used to play that clip all the time. We switched streaming platforms, so I've lost that clip. But the guy is Jeremiah Wilson. At the cornerback, my guy. He is someone that literally the first play, right, coming onto campus last year. First time I've seen him, that first play, I was like, all right, this guy's got something. This guy's got a little bit of a spark. This guy's got potential. And he always had my eye. From that point on, he became a favorite of mine uh, when he would come in late in games, especially early on when Syracuse got off to that 6-0 start. You'd watch him come in late in games in the fourth quarter when maybe Syracuse had a lead. And he brought a spark. He brought an energy and he played with this little pizzazz almost, uh, a little bit of swagger out there like, come mess with me. Get in my face. Do something. I'm ready. I can take it. And I like that energy. And I think it is exactly what Syracuse is trying to embody defensively this year. They've got a really good mix of some experience in valuable spots and also some new faces that need to slot in and step up. I will tell you this. Wilson needs to step up without question. Syracuse's cornerbacks probably took the biggest hit this offseason with the loss of Deuce Chestnut to LSU and also the loss of Garrett Williams to the NFL. Syracuse replacing both starting cornerbacks. It is paramount for him to step up, and I think he can, and I think he will. And that's why he was, without question, the first name that came to mind for me this season. It's going to be him, Isaiah Johnson, the opposite corner, presumably, to him. I think those two are, are, are going to present a very, very solid new look out wide for Syracuse defensively at the two corners. Uh, so that's, that's why I put him first. That's why he was my first one. I was a little bit frustrated to see that. Uh, I think it was James Finnerall, uh who, who put out an article maybe a month or so ago uh, and had Jeremiah Wilson in that mix. I could not, uh, I had to put him in there and, and I really do. I, I believe it. And this is probably the biggest name for me in terms of who I expect to have that jump this year. Uh, that's why I put him at the one and I, I can't take him off this list right now. So Jeremiah Wilson at corner, keep your eyes on him, uh, big shoes to fill and a ton of potential to go along with the necessity for him to be able to elevate here in year two. The next name on the list uh, is another one that was on James's list and he only had two. And unfortunately, I, you know, you can say it. For what you, whatever, however you want to take this, right? These were my two ideas first, right? Without looking, I saw this tweet, and these were the first two names that came to mind. Judging by the fact that this is the the existing thing, and then Brent Axe put out um, an article as well that had this guy in the mix as a breakout potential player. I think that just tells you what you need to know about the true breakout potential of these guys that from different parts around central New York media, people covering Syracuse in three different capacities. These are the names that rise to the top. These are the names that immediately stand out. And this is a guy that we got a sample of last season and a guy that I thought played pretty well last year. And I enjoyed seeing what he had to offer. I think he can be, right? Obviously, when we talk Syracuse receivers, we know who comes to mind, right? He's a receiver. He's a tight end. He is a top 100 player in college football per ESPN. His name is Aranda Gadsden, right? That is the guy that people talk about when you talk about Syracuse receivers at this point in time. The other name that needs to be brought up is a guy who got hurt, unfortunately, last season. But in those games, played three games, 60 yards, and a touchdown. And you might say, you know, when he played three games, he had 60 yards. He averaged 20 yards a game. His touchdown was an unbelievable play. I want to say that. Averaged 20 yards per catch. Uh, was a big guy play or a big play type guy. And I think when you look at Syracuse's roster right now, when you look at the situation for Syracuse receiving-wise – Damian Alford is is atop that list. Uh, after you know, Syracuse had a pretty big exit in terms of receivers uh, from the program to the portal. Uh, you look at Damian Alford, a, a guy that you know averaged thirty plus yards a game. Not that that's a ton. Two touchdowns last season. I think he's the front runner to be that wide receiver two option. But I think in terms of breakout, in terms of newer, in terms of return. Isaiah Jones is that guy, um, and, and I like that. I'm confident in him. Uh, I, I think you could look at this receiving core and and say a guy like Trevor Pena could be poised to break out in a more heightened role um, with some more in terms of usage and how they look to include him. He was a guy with two-ish catches a game last season. Alford had a little bit under two a game. So, you know, there are guys in this mix that could also jump. But I look at Isaiah Jones, who had four catches last season, did his thing. Uh, I I like what he did, Uh, and and I think he is ready to to break out and, and show a little bit more coming here in 2023. Let's take a quick break. I'll give you my third name on the other side of this. But before that, let's talk a little bit about eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player You'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. That's eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Oh, and Valentine, here on your Locked on Syracuse Friday episode, by the time you are listening to this, I will be on my way to Las Vegas, Nevada, having some fun uh, with a little weekend getaway to close out the summer. Wish me luck uh, having some fun, getting some dinner, going to a concert, maybe testing my luck on a few tables. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, we're going to have a good time, though. Uh, but right now we're talking breakout caliber players for Syracuse football. And I'm going to stick on the offensive side. And this is a guy that, if you are every day or here at Lockdown Sarah Houston, maybe you caught the Thursday episode. It's a guy that was brought up a little bit in the mix there as someone with potential for a little bit more of a heightened role than I would have imagined uh, at the end of last season. A guy with a role that has fluctuated throughout the summer. It's at the running back spot, and it is the backup running back right now in Juwan Price. And this is a guy that. For a little bit there, we thought was going to have to be your starting running back here in 2023 when the Quint Allen suspension was up in the air, when we weren't thinking that he was going to play this season. It's a guy that you thought might have to start for the Orange. I'll tell you what, I've been hearing some comments from Dino Babers. I've been hearing some comments about the offense and the looks that they have to try and go and incorporate other players, and a little bit more depth into the running game. Last season, you saw the bulk coming from Sean Tucker. What do you expect, right? We figured that would be the case. You figured that's what would make the most sense, right? You've got an NFL caliber back, a guy that I drafted to my fantasy football team. It's a, a, a dynasty startup, 25-rounder. I took him in the 25th round because why not? See what happens with him, right? Sean Tucker had, let's do a little bit of quick maths here, uh, 200 divided by 240. Anyone know this off the top of the head? 83% of the running back carries just about came from Sean Tucker. We knew he was getting the ball. We knew that's what was happening. This season, that split is going to be a lot more drastic is what we're getting alluded to by Dino Babers. And you know, and I call him out every day for it and every week, Dino Babers doesn't give you info. This seems like a bit of info that they're looking to go a little bit more by committee here in the 2023 campaign. And I think it's a valuable thing. And I think it's what allows a guy like Price to be able to elevate a little bit and break out this season coming in Uh, for his final year as a redshirt senior, right? He's a New Mexico state transfer year two with Syracuse, a guy that, you know, came in very, very sparingly last season. He was in nine games, eight rushes in those nine games for an average of nearly five yards a carry. I will give him that that's not too bad. Uh, and, And I like that. I think because of his experience, right? Division one experience already in some capacity. You look at a little bit of experience in the system last year, albeit a new OC, same general concepts as we make the transition from Anai to Tony, uh, to uh, Jason Beck, excuse me. Uh, What we're looking at is a guy that has one year of eligibility, right? A a guy who's done nothing to lose and everything to gain. Uh, and, And I think that is going to result in some really exciting plays from him, some growth this season, and you being able to see situationally moments where you're going to want price in there. And I think that is a fun little thing that we can take to, to conclude our trio of breakout caliber guys. Some more long shots. Maybe I'll throw a couple of names out there. I mentioned Trevor Pena. I don't hate that uh, as a, a breakout type player by any means. Uh, I look on the defense. Let's see if we can find one more on the defense. I'm saying, I think, breakout, right? The defense has some more solidified answers. I think Elijah Clark's going to have an incredible year, but that's not really a breakout. I would go backup cornerback Jaden Gould uh, from a transfer portal. Uh, Maybe he could be a guy that, Breaks out a little bit this season. the Nebraska transfer, uh, one of a few Nebraska transfers in the mix. Maybe I'll throw him out as a little bit more of a long shot. Uh, a guy that will compete for snaps and play a little bit more. Uh, I gotta see a little bit uh, more from him reps wise in-game stuff before I can make the true judgment. But that's where we'll wrap that up. Now let's take a switch. Talk a little bit of Syracuse basketball, All right our our guy lighted up sports. Wants to talk basketball. Check his stuff out on YouTube, on Twitter. Uh, always good content from our boy over there, uh, Caleb Patry. Wants to talk some basketball. We'll throw a little basketball in the mix because I got the, I saw the tweet today from Donna Detoda talking about Monroe Madness, October twenty first. Syracuse basketball plays a scrimmage in Rochester. What happened to Midnight Madness? What happened to fun? What happened to excitement? Bringing people into the dome, turning the lights off, introing players, driving cars out of the tunnel, doing some crazy stuff to get people excited for Syracuse basketball. I'm sorry. Like, it's cool, and I understand wanting to expand the fan base to Rochester a little more. It makes sense. I get that aspect of it but this is a launch in a very, very significant and integral year for Syracuse basketball. You get a new head coach at Syracuse every half century, apparently. This is a new dawn. It's a new era of Syracuse basketball. The zone, adios, man-to-man basketball is here. Bayheim gone. Bayheims has gone. Adrian Autry, is the head coach, the man at the helm, the man making decisions. Bring this back to the dome. Make it a hype night. Maybe you don't sell the upper tier. You try and sell the lower 100 tickets. Get that thing sold out. Throw some promos in there, some raffles. Do a dunk contest. Do the the big, elongated, over-the-top player intros. Make it look like you're walking out to a boxing match. You choose your song. You put on some showmanship. You throw a big robe on, some gladiator gear, whatever you want to do, make this a big night. Maybe you do a skills challenge. Maybe you do a three-point shooting contest. I know this is stuff that they do at Monroe Madness, but it feels like, and I remember, I want to say maybe when I was in seventh grade, uh, I got picked up from practice. I went to Midnight Madness with my uncle, huge fan, longtime season ticket holder, uh, we'll be making his return to the Dome this year. He was very frustrated with things. Uh, you know, it's refurbished. It's back. It was fun. I think it might have been the Trish year when Trish was a true freshman. Uh, it could have been that season. Things were exciting. Come out on a motorcycle. Do something crazy. Bring a DJ in. Make it a a big event. Have a local rap artist or a local musical artist come out and play some stuff, or or get a big name to come in, or a, a mini name, whatever. Do something cool. Make it fun, right? You have Syracuse connections. Use them. Make it a huge day again. Make it something that Central New York fans, and even beyond, want to go to, want to come to make it a point to be there on night one for Midnight Madness to launch and kickstart a new season. The potential is there. This team has some new faces. Get to know the new faces. Get to know a new program, a new era, as I said, of Syracuse basketball. I think that's what needs to happen. When I was at school at Syracuse from 2018 to 2021, or 2017 to 2021, was the orange versus white scrimmage. If you purchase season tickets, there were chicken tenders as a student, available for free at the Orange versus White scrimmage. That was the selling point, was chicken tenders. No wonder it's not succeeding in Syracuse that you're going to go somewhere else to have this night. Do something fun. Make it big, go all out, and get people fired up about Syracuse basketball and the start of a new season. And there are some incredible things going on on the men's and women's side of things. The women had an outstanding season in the first year under a new head coach. The men looking to do the same thing this time around. Bring the community in, bring the fan base in, get people fired up for Syracuse basketball. I am, I want to be, I want everyone to be, because I think we are starting the climb that is the return to glory for Syracuse basketball. You give the Tiger Woods, Jim Nance call, the return to glory when he wins the Masters. That is where Syracuse basketball is heading trajectory-wise. They're on the path. You can see it. You can see that something good is happening. Celebrate. Embrace it. Bring it in. That's where we wrap things up today. Uh, I give a few shout-outs. Josh Black, I believe, just signed with the WWE. Uh, he's doing some fun things. Give him a follow. Uh, outstanding stuff out of him. I was going to mention it now, but I mentioned it earlier. I drafted Sean Tucker in fantasy. I think it's a value pick in the 25th round of a of a dynasty league, where maybe two three years from now he can become a more consistent back. I also don't think the Bucks have enough running back depth for him to be irrelevant and cut at the end of the day. So I think it's a worthwhile thing. We'll see if it works. We'll see if he gets any run. Uh, We'll see if I can talk about it a little bit more. That'll do it for your Friday episode of Locked on Syracuse. Follow along on Twitter or X at LO underscore Syracuse. Uh, Feel free to subscribe wherever you're listening, or if you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe. Turn the notification bell on. goes a long way. I greatly appreciate it. That'll do it for today. Wish me luck out on the West Coast. You're going to have some fun. Enjoy myself. I will see you most likely on Tuesday unless some gigantic news happens over the weekend, and then I will see you on Monday. But as of now, no Monday episode. I'll see you on Tuesday, talking some Syracuse football and taking us in to the second to last week before Syracuse football makes its return. Owen Valentine, Locked on Syracuse. Be kind. Make somebody smile today. Have a great weekend, and I will see you on Tuesday.